0: I'm Chris from Play Comics, a show where we look at video games based on comic properties and how well they stick to that source material, a part of the Gunna Geek Network, just like the show you're checking out now. Shows on the network are individually owned, and opinions expressed may not reflect others. Find other astonishingly geeky shows at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. Welcome to episode 67! of Better Podcasting Live Chat. I am Steven, and I'm pleased to say that the man of few words, SP, is here this week. Wow. You really are full of of very few words this week, SP. Why don't you just sit there pondering life if you think that I'm doing an amazing job on this show here? I'll take that as approval. Yeah, SP's away, so I'm holding down the fort. Sorry for all of you SP fans. You'll have to go ahead and send in your hate mail. You can email that over to uh, JS at GunnaGeek.com. There's a crossover joke from the gonna Geek show. But no, seriously, SP is not here. He was away. We totally forgot to mention it in last week's episode. Uh, as we hung up, we realized that, wait a minute, SP's away. So uh, we would usually give you the heads up to, you know, set the bar low, set it low early on. But we failed. We, we didn't do that. So that's on me. I'll own that. We knew that he was going to be away for a while, and uh, I just failed to remember to put that in the document for us to discuss. So sorry about that to all of you SP fans. I greatly apologize, but I'm still doing some form of show this week. I'll see what I get through, see what I, topics I want to cover, and hopefully people will show up in the chat and you can ask questions and uh, I guess heckle me as well. Come on over to our chat. If you want, you can go to www.gonnageek.com slash live, and we will have the open chat room there, or better yet, come to our Discord at betterpodcasting.com forward slash Discord, because we do have the channel over there where you can chat as well. And I want to start off with a question here. Over on the live stream over the years, we've gone back and forth between a bunch of different live streaming platforms. We've had YouTube, we've done Microsoft's, uh, what was it called? Mixer, I believe for a while we did that. We've got, I think, the Twitch embed right now. And and we do multi-stream out right now through a service called Restream. So there's a whole bunch going out. But I want to know, where do you generally like to watch your content on? I know there's a lot of different live stream shows like ours out on the internet uh, that do multi-stream like we do. And people have places they gravitate to. Some people do prefer one platform over another. And I'd love to know, what is your favorite platform and maybe which ones do you not like? And the reason I ask you this is because one of the things that's always been weird for me and one of the things that I used to really like back in the day when we had uh, just uh, a chat service on our live page called Chatwing was that people could come and they could watch the video, but they could chat anonymously if they wanted. And, and what I mean by that is use a handle or or, or whatever And some people like to stream out to Facebook, but then Facebook, you got to have your user information there. And if you go to Google, it's tied to your Google account. So I kind of like to know which do you like and does that matter to you? And when we had Chatwing, we used to be able to have people just come in and put in the regular username. And so one of the things that I like is that we are out on Discord, where a lot of people do use handles on Discord. But we do have that separate chat room on the Gunna Geek Discord server where people do have their handles. But I noticed that a lot of people who do watch our live stream, although we're embedding Twitch on the live page, people are watching us on things like YouTube. So which would you like? And maybe I'll, I'll start promoting that one more if we have more people say YouTube or something like that. So which do you like? And uh, in the chat, we have Scatmaker say, as a millennial, I usually watch streams on Twitch. I am curious as to what happened to your Chatwing though. So Chatwing, it went away, basically. Chatwing, all of a sudden, one day, we noticed the embeds weren't working. And I think they were redirecting to a service that bought Chatwing. I'd have to go back and look. But um, I, I, I I don't remember. It was some service that did, but it was a very different... Um, platform and the embeds all just stopped working. And then for a while, we used a, a different third-party embedded chat. I can't remember what that was. And then when we found out that um, lots of people were on Twitch like you, we thought we would just start using that. But then also the possibility of the uh, Restream chatbot where it crosses over the chats. So, for example, you post on Discord, it will a bot will post over on YouTube and on Twitch. We thought we would do that. And um, a lot of people seem to chat in our Discord server. So it kind of was, I guess, all of all of the above. I'll actually mention something that I don't know that I've ever mentioned on here before. For a while, I was playing with a way to embed the Discord channel into our page. There was a couple different services. One of them was just way too expensive to do for a hobby podcast. And then another one just had very mixed experience and worst, it had problems with iPhones. Um, this was something that was kind of a showstopper. Once we discovered it didn't perform well on iPhones, we did know that a lot of people were watching us on their iPhones. So we decided against it. I believe it was something with Safari, if I remember correctly, but we just ended up um, not going that way. And just saying if people wanted to go to their disc, our discord, they could go to our discord, or if they wanted to go to the Twitch, they could go to the Twitch. But I would have ideally liked to have had Uh, a direct embed to our live chat Discord channel. And I I basically found a way. And the nice thing about that was you could actually have guest access into it. And so even though they weren't in there, I believe it used a bot or something to post in there. It still was a way, but it just wasn't. It didn't work well enough for me to be comfortable doing that long term. So I just decided against it. So um, uh, we also have uh, Damien saying, I should repost the link here or in the BP channel when you say you're live. And that's a good point that when we go live, we like to go and blast out on the social medias and in our Discord server saying we're live. And then I go live. And I don't know that I often do put in the actual page that we are streaming to the video into the Discord. So there, yeah, I guess, I guess, Damien, you have found a hole in our promotion tree that we need to make sure to follow. We need a new branch on that tree. So I just posted it now. And we also have a uh, scat maker say that I also thought it was neat back when you had your standalone anonymous chat room. In fact, I am watching you through. And then. He says the domain, I'll say it right now, geeks.live, but. Um, just full disclosure, I'm in the I'm in the process of uh pulling that back, the geeks.live. We're probably gonna just start using gunnageek.com slash live and betterpodcasting.com slash live, which doesn't exist yet, but I'll get that going. Gonna get that all set up and just start promoting the slash live on there a little bit more. And um that's just a bit of a, a mitigation for the future. Some of these uh GTLDs, I'll just say it right now. These GTLDs, these are these uh, domain extensions that came out, I don't know, I want to say five years ago, but honestly, the last few years blurred is probably a lot longer than that. But but we got a whole bunch of new domain extensions that came out at one time. And some of them are crawling at a rapid, they're increasing at a rapid pace in price. And so I've not been wild about what I've been seeing about the dot live trend. I'm going to have it for many more years, just because we've had it for so long. But I think as a promotional aspect, I'm you know, we're talking about better podcasting um, and how to podcast. That's what we do here on Better Podcasting. I'm going to peel back the promotion of that just because I, I want to try to get away from that in case all of a sudden it just shoots through the roof to, to an insane price. And, and I, I'm worried about that, but I've obviously promoted it for a very long time. So I'll hold on to it for many, many more years, probably. But just throwing that out there. Uh, we've also got this other guy, say, uh, what is his name? Uh, uh, Spa, Spa Rupert. Spa, no, sorry, SP Rupert says, Me likes this show. I will try this YouTube cast thingy. So, Spa Rupert, thank you very much for uh, streaming live and watching me attempt to hold down the fort without you. I greatly appreciate that, SP. Uh okay, so I had a few random things that I wanted to talk about today, and the first thing I'm gonna mention here, since we're talking all about streaming and and recording and whatnot, I came across a post actually, um, because I had to try to channel my inner SP, you know, yeah, y- got SP on the show. You're used to having SP on the show. You've got him on there. You got to channel him when he's away, and so I decided to go over to Reddit, to the podcasting subreddit, and have a look, and and See what was there and what i noticed was that someone made a post about zencaster and they said zencaster was no longer free now full disclosure i don't follow zencaster very much anymore so i'm not sure how new this was but i saw a couple posts in there that seemed to say it looked like it was fresh information and the person said that they got an email that said hi zencasters the hobbyist plan is changing and we're offering our best discount yet on our paid plans Click this link to get 30% off 12 months of any paid plan if you redeem by October 31st, 2023. And then it goes on um, to basically say that there won't be a free version anymore. And this person was asking about alternatives for Zencaster. So I wanted to mention this today because I went and I looked actually on the Zencaster blog. I didn't see anything about that. But since someone else in in the thread said that they had seen the same email, I thought, okay, it must be real. And mention it on here because I know there are some people that use Zencaster. So if you're using that, keep that in mind. And I'd also like to know, what do you use if, or or what might you use alternatively if you are someone who was using Zencaster Free? What are your thoughts? Come on over to our Discord at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. Or if you're watching us live, go to www.gunnageek.com slash live and chat over there and let us know what your thoughts are. I'm going to say we, by the way, the entire time. I'm so used to it. So uh, that's fine. It's the royal we because I'm Canadian. Uh, Okay, Damien. Damien in the chat is saying, where's my Video Ninja episode? I know. I blew it. I, I realized that actually. It was last night or the night before while I was laying in bed thinking, you asked a question about Video Ninja. I did not answer it. I'm going to put a pin in that and come back to it because I'm I'm not prepared to talk about it today. And I don't have SP here to say SP dance while I dig up the questions and and figure it all out and try to answer some of the stuff. So put the stamp on it, Stephen failed. That's fine. Um, As for Zencaster, uh, I know some of the Reddit uh, chat in there, people were talking about how they use Zoom. Haven't tried Zoom other than for work-related purposes for a while. I've never been wild about the Zoom audio quality, but maybe it's better now. Um, When I use it at work, I'm still not impressed with it, but that's a different purpose. So I can't say that my work experience would be the same experience I would get if I was doing something personal, but hey, maybe it would work for you. In our chat, SP Rupert says, there is no we, there's only Stephen the drunk on maple syrup Canadian. So there you go. He can chirp me from afar. I appreciate the chirping. It's like you're here right next to me, SP. I greatly appreciate that. And since you're being so talkative, why don't you just go ahead and lead into me breaking the Gunna Geek site? Okay, fine, SP. I'll talk about that if you insist. Uh, I broke the Gunna Geek site. Yes, I did break the Gunna Geek site this past week. And then I also. Broke the Gunner Geek feed. <laughs> this was a two-step breaking of the Gunner Geek site. So the first thing was one of the Gunner Geek network members was wanting to uh, stream and set up on the live page on the Gunner Geek site, and so I went and I got that all set up. And in the process, I made a couple of changes to some plugins, and it broke a whole bunch of things. So the the Guna Geek site just stopped working. So I got to look into this. I got a couple theories of what it might be. I won't get all technical on it, but Uh, The long story short was the easiest way for me to fix the problem since the whole site was broken was to just go into the web hosting backup and roll back a night. Uh, If you use a reputable web host for your hosting, you probably have automated backups and usually they run nightly. Some of them are with some services, some are with another, but in the end, you should make sure that your web host is giving you daily backups. This isn't helpful if your web host goes away, but it's helpful in a situation like this or another where maybe like you get hacked or something and you need to roll back. So I went and I just rolled back to the night before, got everything back. And sure enough, one of the things I thought it might be must have been it because I didn't do those changes the second time around and everything kept working. But what I failed to realize was that the, the night before backup, must have been before I posted the previous night the latest episode of the official Gunna Geek Show. So when I rolled back to the previous version of the Gunna Geek website, it also removed the latest episode of the Gunna Geek Show. And the reason why for this is because the Gunna Geek R- Show RSS feed, the Gunna Geek Podcast RSS feed, is on the Gunna Geek website and is tied into WordPress. So When I went back or rolled back the web hosting, it removed that episode because I guess the backup was before. And it wasn't until the next day SP pointed it out. Now, the good news is that it was live long enough that uh, we'd actually had some people commenting already about the episode. Um, I guess so it must have gone down through the podcaster catchers in between the time that I posted and the time it rolled back. But it wasn't until like the next day that I realized that. And then I had to go and repost. Now, this is where I thought things were kind of interesting because I went and I reposted and by nature of how I reposted through WordPress, in theory, podcatchers shouldn't have seen that the episode was a duplicate because there's a unique number that's all generated and all this mumbo jumbo behind the scene. And because I rolled back, waited a day and then reposted, the number should have been different. And as far as I'm aware, it was. I don't have a real good way to concretely go back, but it should have been different. Now, what was interesting was there was a couple different podcatchers that we were tracking. For example, um, I use Beyond Pod. I've mentioned that before to check to see if the show is posted. And um, it's just the app I have on there. It's not my main podcast listening app, but it's pulling information right from the RSS feed. And it never re-downloaded on my phone. And SP, I don't remember the ones off the top of my head, he had a couple others that he checked, and they also didn't re-download. And then Chris had another one that eventually it did come up, and he mentioned that it did download the duplicate. So that there pretty much confirmed to me that that unique number was different. But I just found it really interesting that there were some podcast listening apps that SP and I were looking at that it didn't re-download the app or the, the episode, even though that unique number in theory was different. So I guess they must be a lot smarter than things used to be and must have a little bit of way of cross-checking what's in the person's history versus what's posted. I'm not really sure what that would be, but there was enough that didn't get the duplicate that makes me go, Hmm. So I'm not sure. And uh, in our chat, uh, SP is there saying there were two Stevens. It was horrible, which is valid, but, I'd love to know if anybody knows any more about this. What changes have maybe been made in apps that do make it so that these duplicates no longer come down? Um, If you see anything about this, if you know anything about this, I'd love to learn more about this. Please let us know. Podcast at betterpodcasting.com. Go to betterpodcasting.com slash contact. You can also come to betterpodcasting.com slash discord. Come to where we're chatting live. Let us know. And s p says overcast was one that did not, and Damien said that he did get the second episode in in the Podcatcher, which one was that uh which podcatcher is that that you use, Damien? I would love to know. and um just from a podcasting perspective, I knew what was likely to happen when I did this, but I made the active effort. I had to do it. so when I did that, what I did do was in the description I posted um. I think it was the top line or the second to top line. I just put a thing in there saying, due to technical errors, you might get this twice. Our apologies. And then I went to our Discord and I posted that same thing as well. I know it's frustrating when a second episode comes down, but it was, you know, it was a rock and a hard place. So I made the decision to put it in there. And uh, otherwise, it would be omitted forever, probably from our SS feed. And Damien says it was podcast addict that the second one came down. So anyways, I broke the Gonna Geek Show RSS feed. And speaking of which, I wanted to mention, you know, we, uh, over the last while, SP has given his saga of his RSS feed changing and the way that he's got to do a bunch of manual work to fix his RSS feed. And I thought misery loves company. So let me share another experience that I'm going to be going through is in the process of all of this RSS stuff, I got thinking a little bit about the Gunna Geek show and the history of the Gunna Geek podcast slash show is that it has been a self-hosted RSS feed using a plugin called PowerPress on the Gunna Geek site. And over the years, um, I've changed how the actual files were hosted. Back when it started, they were actually self-hosted. The files themselves were self-hosted on some hosting that I have include So the RSS feed itself self-hosted, the podcast files self-hosted. But along the way, I kept the RSS feed self-hosted, but I started to use Pinecast actually to host the MP3s. Pinecast worked for me for that. And so I've been using that. Well, what I'd like to do is go back through the RSS feed and change all of those backlinks over to be, um, on Pinecast. And there's a couple different ways that I can do this. Now, if you were a normal person that was sane, um, you would probably just go, okay, I'm going to use Pinecast and I'm going to transfer to Pinecast. And they have a nice import tool and you go and you import that RSS feed in there. And then they create an RSS feed on Pinecast and they take care of all of that mess for you. And then you go to your existing RSS feed and you go, I'm going to just set up a redirect over to the new Pinecast RSS feed, and you'd be like off to the races very quick. But like I said, that's if you're a sane person. I am insane, and I'm not going to do that because I'm going to keep self-hosting the RSS feed. So I need to go and manually change that. So I've got a couple options in front of me, and I think the best one is, is spending a bit of time investing in redirects. Because what I could do is I could go into WordPress, and I could go and manually change all of those those links to the Pinecast one. So I'd go into episode one, and I'd go to the episode one of Pinecast, and I'd copy the Pinecast MP3, and I'd put it into the Gonna Geek Show RSS feed on WordPress, and then I would continue. But I don't think I'm going to do that. I think instead what I'm going to do, because I self-hosted all those MP3s, they're posted to a location that I believe I can probably set up a redirect for those mp3s. So I'll go to where those are pointed and I'll invest in the time to to set up basically a redirect script behind the, the scenes and say if you're looking for this mp3, go to this pinecast. And the reason why I think that's going to be easier is cuz I can basically do that in one big file as opposed to going into WordPress, opening post 1, going down to the section with the mp3, then pasting, then go back to post 2. Like I think it's going to be a a Faster thing, a faster process to do that. I might have to have a couple of Canadian maple syrups one evening to, you know, really get through this insanity. But I think that's probably the best way for me to do that because I am a technical, I am a more technically inclined person as far as uh, my insanity goes. That's where I, I prefer to gravitate to. So uh, I think that's probably the way that I'll go. But if you got any other thoughts, let me know. I'd love to know. What do you think? And and maybe what flaws are in that idea? All right, let me talk about Chromebooks. Chromebooks. Why do I want to talk about Chromebooks? The reason I want to talk about Chromebooks is because over the years of Better Podcasting, I talked a lot about how Chromebooks aren't ideal for podcasting, and I and you know I I think that is that is sage advice that right now for podcasting Chromebooks aren't really up to this, up to snuff up to the level needed in order to do podcasting. But I was thinking about this. At what point will that change? And I do say, will it change? Not, not I think it will change. And I, I'm not saying, will it change? I'm saying, when will it change? And there we go. The reason why I'm saying that is because over on the Gunna Geek Show, once again, we got talking all about Chromebooks. And in that chatter, there was a... a Somebody you might have heard of called Damien the DM, the honorary third co-host of this podcast. He has a very similar experience to mine where his, uh, his offspring also is using Chromebooks in schools. And so it makes me wonder if enough people are brought up on something, at what point does that evolve to be actually suitable? And I think we look at the smartphone. Early in podcasting, and maybe even like you know 5 years or, or so ago it wasn't really feasible to podcast on a smartphone it just wasn't it is now there there are a lot of tools out there and again i used 5 years but that's probably wrong but there are a lot of apps and tools and accessories available now where you could feasibly podcast on a smartphone and so if a certain amount of people are being brought up on chromebooks at what point do we start to see some apps and some some um, accessories that are meant for the Chromebook start to, to come into play that are actually viable on a Chromebook. I'm just curious when that's going to happen. And I think that it's probably sooner than later because Chromebooks aren't going away. Uh, Google did announce that there's a new line of Chromebooks that are, are higher in specs. And so I think that maybe that could be the gateway where we start to see it. I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure, but I think at some point it might become viable. That's, that's my thoughts on it. Maybe I'm crazy. Well, I am crazy, but maybe I'm crazy in this regard. Let me know your thoughts, too. Come to our chat, email us, all that contact information. All right, let's get to a pre-show discussion that was happening over in our Discord, because I've mentioned over the last few episodes, I've been trying DaVinci Resolve over the last year. And then I went and tried Vegas, the latest version for a bit, and then went back to DaVinci Resolve. Well, through that conversation, Scatmaker actually brought up a really good point. And before I get to that, that message, I want to just explain how DaVinci Resolve works for projects versus how Vegas works. I think I've mentioned this before, but I want to recap it. So in Vegas Studio, and the same thing with Magic's Movie Studio back in the day, and it's pretty similar actually on a lot of other programs, you're working with independent files. So if you're like, I want to open up a project file, you have an individual file that is stored for that project. That's what you go. If, if you don't have that file, well, that's too bad. So you might go and create an episode project file, and you often you save that to your episode directory. And when you want to open that, you go and you open that file. With DaVinci Resolve, it's different. The projects themselves are by default in a big project database. So if I go and I'm saving Better Podcasting Live Chat episode 66 and I create a new project, it is saved in a single DaVinci Resolve database. That's where it is. And so every time you add a new project, it is saved in the central database. Now, you can export them separately. So if I want, if I'm in... Uh, episode 66 of Better Podcasting Live Chat, I can go and I can go save as or export or whatever it is, and I can save an individual file. But that's not how DaVinci Resolve really works day in and day out. It's in one big database. And why I mention this is because Scatmaker said, just listen to the latest epi- uh, latest BP episode regarding updating projects alongside, alongside newer versions of Resolve. I don't know if you already know this, but It's a pretty common practice to back up your database before major updates like between 18.5 and 18.6. Just in case something goes wrong, this allows you to still have compatible versions of your projects should you ever decide to roll back your version of Resolve. This process is usually not necessary for smaller updates like, say, from 18.6.1 to 18.6.2. This is such a good point that he makes because I mentioned last week that when I up opened up a previous version of a project file because I had upgraded to to 18.6, it made me update the project file. So what he's saying is if I go back, if for some reason 18.6 was a failure and I need to go back to 18.5, I can no longer open that new project file. I never thought to do this. And, and, you know, I thought about the flaws of the database. I've definitely, I had that on my cons list when I started doing Resolve. I actually don't like it. I, I think it's a mistake. I think that that's not the way they should do it. I think you should, and maybe I'm not seeing something here, but when I look at so many other pieces of software that are out there, they are individual file, Photoshop files. They are, they are elsewise. I think that they, I don't like the idea of them all being individual in one database. I think there might be a some form of happy middle. I'm not sure, but I, do, I don't like that idea. But the reality is that's how DaVinci Resolve is. So my my habit is go and I published, export the project individually, like I mentioned, into the folder as just a backup. So it's in my in my uh, database for DaVinci Resolve. But I've also manually exported that file. And that's just in case something goes wrong with the database. But I want to look into this and I want to make sure that whatever, wherever the location is, the DaVinci Resolve database, I want to make sure that my backblaze is getting that because backblaze is the backup tool that I use to backup up my computer every day. And there are some excluded folders, there are some excluded Windows folders that are in there that change too often. And I want to make sure that wherever this database is that my backblaze is getting that because in theory, if something like this happened, I could just go to backblaze and get the old version of the project, but or the, the database. So I want to have a look at that. But be aware if you're using DaVinci Resolve that that is, I think, a really good advice is before you do upgrades, back up the database itself in case you need to go back. So thanks for that, Scatmaker. I'm definitely going to put that into my workflow. All right, I talked a lot about Mr. SP this week. Let's go to the other co-host, Damien, because Damien... Oh, he gave me all the feels this week. He gave me so many feels in our Discord server because he went and he posted a piece of retro history. That's right. He posted a picture in our Discord server of a Sony Movie Studio HD Platinum Jumpstart Tutorial DVD disc. This is back before Magic's bought the Vegas line of products. This was a Sony CD that told you all about Vegas Movie Studio HD. And as far as I can see, this is something that you would, as it says, quote, on your television, insert the DVD into any standard DVD player on your computer. Browse the DVD for high definition videos. So it was a piece of retro here. That's what it was. So, Damien, you made my day. The tutorial of a Sony Movie Studio product. Thank you very much for that. Takes me back to the the olden days. Also, uh, I wanted to mention there was another actual um, uh, discussion that came up about looks. We'll call it looks. And it was a chat about the road symbol. Had Damien say, I'm not sure why Road uses it as the brand symbol, but the circle with the line through it is commonly the diameter symbol on drafting. And Josh Liston said, it's also very close to one of the symbols that the post-hardcore band Under Oath were using at their peak back in 2005 to 2008. Got a feeling that the Friedman family have Scandinavian roots, and that's why Peter's son started using that symbol in their name. That's just speculation, though. And this is that little road zero with a line through it. Basically, that is the part of road. And this was on the heels of our conversation last week, how road has an alternative branding where it's just a little circle, just a little gold circle on some of their products. So I don't know. I I always find it interesting how so many people, when they're talking about road online, can put that that symbol in. I don't know the easiest way to access it. I'm going to be be totally transparent here. I'm not really sure if I wanted to insert that symbol, how I do that. I'll I'll tell you what I do. I look for somebody that's used it and I copy and I paste it. So I don't know. But I always find it interesting when people are so quick in conversation to use it every time they use the word road. And I don't know if that's just because it's another language that, it, um or another keyboard type where it's easily accessible, or it's just, hardcore fans that are like, I am not going to just use an O. I'm going to use the proper symbol when I'm talking about road. But I always find it amusing when I see it in there, especially when somebody's just in the middle of a conversation about road. I don't think it would kill them to just use the O, but apparently they want to make sure every single time they're using the proper symbol. And I, I guess they're less lazy than me. So kudos to them. Uh, scat in our chat says, I agree that Chromebooks may not be ideal. If I recall correctly, SP might have interviewed a podcaster who uses a Chromebook. Uh, yeah, I believe he ran into an issue on, on better podcasting chats with SP. That's better podcasting chats with an S with SP over on betterpodcasting.com. And I believe he did run into an issue. And if I remember correctly, he had to do something like not do video. I don't remember the details, but. Uh, okay, he did say, I, I did, sweet child of time, Steve Barnes. So that's that's apparently what who he had interviewed. And Damien coming in with, with the deep, deep information, he says it's Alt-0126. So that if you hold down Alt and you go 0126, Alt-012... No, I'm saying it wrong. Alt-0126. Oh, I said it wrong again. Alt 0216. There we go. That's the zero. Alt 0216. Wow, that was embarrassing. My favorite is Alt 0169, which is the copyright symbol. That's the one that I use all the time. All right. So talked all about the road symbol. Talked about Damien saving the day. Well, one thing I wanted to also mention is I sent product, a product back. I returned a product. Everybody by now knows that I'm not that afraid to return something if it doesn't work. I'm honest when I return it. I don't make things up. I just, I'm I'm honest. And I did return something this past week. It was the Elgato Wave Arm. If you've been listening to this podcast a long time, you might know about the, that I use the Elgato Wave Arm LP. This is the low profile version. And there was one of those Amazon Super Prime deals on the normal wave arm, that's the one that's more like a a traditional scissor arm. That's what the wave arm is more like. And I I saw some things about it, and I thought that might work better for my situation. And when I got it, I got to say I was pretty impressed with the build quality. I think I like the build quality probably better than the road arm, or sorry, the Heil arm, because I use the Heil PL2T. But it just wasn't going to work for my setup. Uh, overall, I think that it, it looked like a quality product, but I, it looked to me online and in the product information like the bottom was going to articulate, like bend a little bit more than it actually did. And so with the directions that I have to come in, the options I have to come in um, from either side, the left or the right, I just couldn't get it positioned comfortably. It just wouldn't work. It was always not ideal. It was either um, blocking a bunch of my screens or it was way too far out because just the angle and everything. I just I I tried for a while. I couldn't get it comfortable. And so I did return it. Um, But for a lot of people, if the dimensions and the reach work for you, it is shorter than stuff like the Heil PL2T. I would suggest giving it a look. And I did. I actually looked after Prime Days and it was on sale again for a reasonable price. I think the build quality is probably a little bit better, I think, than the Heil myself. Now, obviously, that's first impressions. I don't have long term experience to speak about like I do the Heil, but I was pretty impressed. I do think the Wave Arm LP might feel a little bit more rugged. I think that its design is just a little bit more rugged, but the wave arm LP is not going to work for a lot of people because it is so low profile it's going to be in the way for a lot of people. For some it will, but for others it won't. Uh, one of the other things that I wanted to mention about the uh, wave arm is that um, the riser that came with it, which uh, isn't a new thing, if you look like the high LPL2T you've been able to get a riser for a long time it was it was pretty good uh, as far as the base clip goes very, it's the same one as or very similar design as the Wave arm LP, nice thick base clip to, to clip onto your desk, way above the Hile, way above the road. It, it puts both of those to shame as far as the clip goes. Ah, but there was a lot of play I found once it was in the riser. I, I don't have experience with the Heil riser. I imagine it might be similar just because it's just a single post going up. But I did find that it felt like there was, a, there was a bit of play in there, more than I would have liked to have seen. So, I don't know, maybe another version will come out in the future. But, if you are in the market for an arm, I would suggest giving that a look and seeing if that will work for you. It looked like it was, it was actually a pretty decent build. Alright, I got a left field conversation here. And this is, uh, this is on the heels of it becoming winter where I am. Well, not winter, but fall. I'll I'll call it fall, but I I live in an area where it's rain season. That's basically what it is. And during rain season, as you might know, if you're a longtime listener, get power outages here. And I had to cancel a few episodes over the years uh, because of power outages. It's just the way it is. And one of the things I started to get into was things called power stations. Some places call them a solar generator. I disagree with the term. I think that you're not generating anything with it unless you have a solar panel or you you have an alternative way to charge it, but some do call it that. But more and more I've noticed have started to call them power stations. And power stations are basically big battery banks. So if you've ever had a a battery bank for your phone, you might um, have seen them all over the place where you plug in your phone and and it allows you to charge. It's like that, but bigger. And it's meant for higher output. And it's meant to do AC power. That's the thing. I've started to get into these, and I thought, oh, there's a bit of a podcasting application. But before I get into that, I've actually got two here that I'll just quickly hold up. Two examples. One is uh, Go Labs I200. The other is a knob. Don't know exactly the the number on it, um, but I'm not going to look it up because they're I don't think they're in business anymore. And I wanted to mention that. They have gone through an evolution over the years. I've been, I've had some for a couple of years and and they are rapidly evolving. There seems to be a lot more players getting into this market. Um, It looks like it's the next biggest tech thing as far as backup power goes. And a lot of them used to be lithium ion batteries. And the latest trend is LifePo4, which is lithium iron phosphate batteries. And those are a little safer. They take repetitive charges better than a lithium ion battery. And actually, some of the electric vehicles have started to go over to that. I believe Tesla is now using LifePo4 batteries. I think Ford Mach-E's are as well. But LifePo4 is kind of where things have gone to compared to just a base lithium ion battery for those reasons. And um, a lot of them have pure sine wave inverters on there. So that's an important thing if you're going to do anything with, with technology um, on these. It's, it's recommended to have a pure sine wave inverter on that. We've talked about that from a UPS perspective. A lot of the cheaper UPSs, they use what's called simulated sine wave. You might be okay with audio equipment. You won't be okay. It's definitely going to give you some problems. But you want to look for a pure sine wave. And a lot of these uh, now are coming with pure sine wave. The other thing that they're coming with is... I think they're using the term EPS, not UPS, EPS. And it's almost like a UPS function where if you plug it into your wall and you plug something in there, there's a switchover period where it will automatically switch over. And a lot of them are are short enough that they're not shutting down computers anymore. They're advertising this, that uh, you can use it as standby for your computers and whatnot. And so you know, it's a consideration. We've talked about UPSs on the pa- on the show before. It might be something you're interested in because they have a lot much larger capacity than a UPS. Now, from my understanding, there are some things that you're missing that a UPS offers over um, an EPS function. I think UPSs are going to give you um, more power protection, if I remember correctly, just from power spikes and stuff. But I, d- I don't know enough about it to get into it. But I wanted to talk about them today because I, I also, as I was getting ready for fall season, thought, you know, this could be something in somebody's portable podcasting bag if they did get one that had clean sine wave power. Some of these like a, a, a I will call it a base model. There are ones with less, but in sort of the current trends, a base model power station will give you about 256 watt hours. And so somewhere in that realm. If you look up, say, like a Roadcaster Pro 2, it says it's using a 30 watt charger. And I assume that's the maximum wattage that that charger will need to provide is 30 watts. So therefore, 256 watt hours should, if you do the math, should work out to be about eight hours of battery. So, you know, I'm using them for emergency power purposes, but I think it's something that podcasters might use if they wanted to do something on the road. The thing you want to pay attention to, though, is that some of them do have fans that run more than others. I've had a couple different ones. Um, I know some people who have been getting into the same time, and I know some that have had fans that run all the time. So you'd want to be aware of that. You'd obviously want to get one that doesn't have a fan running all the time. Otherwise, it's going to be loud and obnoxious and in your recording. But it could be something that somebody might want to look into. And one of the nice things about the power stations is like I said, they work with AC, but a lot of them, in fact, I would say all of them have some form of DC. I don't know what's on this one. That's, as I hold it up, i am noticed there's something that's all over it. But um, there's they've got USB ports, and um, some of them actually have individual DC outputs. And what's nice about that is whenever you're using anything that is converting from DC to AC power, you get some efficiency loss. So it, in the act of converting you are losing some some um, of, of your net capacity just in the conversion process. But I wanted to mention it, it was something I thought of as I was uh, setting things up, getting things all ready for the storms that are sure to cause me time with my family. I know it's the worst. I mean, what? What? Uh, the other thing I want to mention about power stations, I want to call it out right now. Um, like many podcasting equipment brands, There is a a certain brand that really hits it hard in the social media aspect, and that's Jackery. So I'm not going to say Jackery makes a bad product from a lot of a lot of what I've seen. Jackery does make decent products, but Jackery is definitely the flashy company in in the space. They do a lot of advertising with different creators. But if you look, there are alternatives out there and some of them do offer products that offer features that are better than some of the things that Jackery offers. There are some that maybe offer a few less features, but are still reliable products and maybe a little cheaper. There are deals on Jackery products, but I just wanted to mention it because you might have heard about power stations. Your mind might instantly go to Jackery because, you know, they do a great job of getting their name out there. But in my personal research, I think there's alternatives you might want to take a look at as well. One of the ones that is is uh, a brand that seems to be doing pretty well is called EcoFlow, and they've got some apps for their stuff as well. Um, not sponsored by any of this. This is just my own personal experience. Um, so, there's a few names I've mentioned out there, but power stations, take a look, and if you, if it's something that might work for you, cool. Otherwise, you just listen for like five to ten minutes of me talking about power stations. Um. And I think in our chat, we have Damien mentioning Anchor has one, I think. Um, Yeah, they've got a big one there. Yeah, I saw them launch. He's put a post there to uh, Kickstarter for a big one. There's a lot of companies getting into this right now. There's also random commercials for it looks like random startup companies that are getting into it, too. So I guess they've realized we're babies and we we don't like power outages anymore. We want to have power on hand. I'm okay to say that that's the case. All right. Talking about our Discord. I'm going to go back to that for a minute here. Um, We had in the Discord, Damien, once again, comment about a follow-up about the Patreon discussion we had last week. And he mentioned that there is a membership tab in the Patreon app towards the top right corner. He saw it on his Android. He asked if iOS had it and SP came back and said it is there now. So I assume that means that maybe it was overlooked that lack of membership tab that SP was mentioning last week, I'm assuming that it must have been added. And I'm glad it's there now because that sounded like a big glaring missing feature. Uh, Also um, in our Discord, I had Boba Fett ship ask a question. Said, hey gang, question for you all. And maybe I should be waiting until the live chat. But I'm looking for an answer now. A little side note give a shout out to the live chat and you'll always get read out on this. It's just, it's the rule of the road here. That's, that's what happens. Anyways, he says, the live streaming of the Suns hockey games are going great and it's very popular. However, when there's bad Wi-Fi, the live stream doesn't go out. And where there's bad Wi-Fi, there's usually bad cell service. Fine enough for texting and calling, but not well enough to send a video feed. So I was thinking about A live audio version. Think AM Sports Radio. I'm wondering if there's a low-cost, no-cost way to live stream just audio. I don't need hosting. I have no desire for the audio simulcast to be be available after the game is over. At that point, people can access the YouTube channel. But I'd like to give parents who can't be at the game the ability to listen to my play-by-play when video isn't available slash an option. About the only thing I can think of is having a Zoom meeting on a second phone, having my AirPods in, and letting the AirPods listening in on me while I'm doing play-by-play on the primary phone that's recording, live streaming the game. But I was wondering if there was a better option than doing a Zoom meeting. Uh, in the chat, in the Discord, one of the options that came up was Mix Mixler. We've talked about that before. Mixler is one that is out there. Long, long time ago, we used to stream this also on Mixler at the same time. There are probably some other options out there, but I mostly wanted to just read that out on this show because I wanted to get people talking and coming to our Discord to suggest options over to Boba, Boba Fett ship, aka DC Dave, because I know that the, the community mind is more powerful than mine. Actually, pretty much every individual community mind is more powerful than mine. However, I wanted to throw that out there to the world. Come over to our Discord. If you're not in our Discord, why don't you hit us up on social media somewhere? Go to betterpodcasting.com slash contact. Find our social media. Let us know and we will pass that along. I can think of a few platforms off the top of my head. And I'd love to know what everybody else thinks. So let us know what you think. Another thing that I wanted to mention is multicam editing. You know me. I'm all about video. I love having video even... When SP is not here, I love to have split screen video. It's just what I do. I like to do that. And my process is using something called OBS. OBS is something that combines the two feeds together. I switch as we go to be able to create a final video product that is then edited or whatever needs to be done with it and then eventually posted. But the question came up in the podcasting subreddit saying, hey, all we have three hosts, sometimes four if we have a guest. We record virtually through Riverside. Previously, I used to just take our three camera feeds and throw them together in Premiere Pro and upload to YouTube. However, I recently found out about multicam editing, and while it looks great, in my opinion, it's a bit time-consuming. So I'm wondering, for those of you who record virtual, is there a preference for doing one way over the other, or does it not matter? I haven't been able to find my three host virtual shows as examples, so figured. I'd ask you people that was in the subreddit. Now, the reason I wanted to bring that up over in the r slash podcasting subreddit, I want to bring it up here is because what was that? What was that that they said it's a bit time consuming? Oh yeah, that's what they said. It's a bit time consuming. And we've been about this before. We've talked about this before. When you're getting into editing video, yes, it is time consuming. It's an extra layer. It's unless you're happy with just jump cut, jump cut, jump cut. It's more of a pain. And if you really want to get into the idea of multicam editing, that is even more so. Now, multicam editing for you—those of you not familiar—and I don't know why I'm still in the split screen with the frozen SP, but that's fine. Uh, so for the multicam editing is the idea—you've got me, you've got somebody else, or if this was your show, you would have you and somebody else—and they individually record their in their videos, and then you edit them together as you see fit. And that takes time. Now, there are some plugins that are coming along to make this easier. We've talked about one of them before. I don't remember it off the top of my head, but there are some AI generated plugins or AI based plugins that are helping with this process. You feed it the video, you feed it the audio, it figures the rest out and and saves some of that. That's going to change things. But at, at this time, it is a lot of work. And I opt to do things in a live format where I'm live switching because I think that it's the happy medium. I can go and I can switch between the different people while we're recording. It takes a little, a- a- a little more effort on my part while I'm recording. But in the end, I am able to basically do a multi-cam setup in, in almost a multi-cam editing version. But doing the effort up front And I just roll with it. So as a hobby podcaster, if there's an error, there's an error. I live with it. I'm fine with it. That means the error is the occasional jump cut. I do what I can to hide it. When we're recording, if one of us makes a mistake, I try to switch over to another shot. So if I'm on a single shot, I try to switch over to the one that has both of us so that in editing, I can make that smoother. But in the end, there's always sometimes and there's a couple things that can smoothen it out, like smooth cuts or... I've, there's a bunch of different names, morph cuts and things like that. You can do a certain degree of smoothening. It's never great at this time in the year 2023. But I roll with it because honestly, I don't want the headache. I don't want the headache of multicam editing. And you might be saying, Steven, you're full of crap. You just don't have the technology. Well, that's not true because we use Video Ninja to record and you can actually have Video Ninja individually record the tracks the video tracks, if I remember correctly, OBS, you actually can do that as well. I believe there's a plugin. If not, XSplit, I know has that capability as well of individually recording scenes. So it's within my fingertips to be able to record everybody individually, but I don't want to go through the effort. I know I'm lazy. I'm not going to ever use it. It's the reason I no longer record that vertical video that I used to talk about. I I just, I'm not going to use it. I know that. And it's also going to be extra storage. So instead of having one video file that I pack right around for all of eternity, I've got an additional individual vi- file for every single person that's on that. So, and and maybe more if I really wanted to, if I, if I really wanted to um, record, the, say the dual screen on here in addition to the two individual, I'd be at a, com- a, a total of four video files for one episode. I'd have the one that I'm live streaming, I'm having the individual one for each of us and then the split screen of us. And then it only compounds out further when you've got more people. So I, I just don't want to do it because I'm a hobby podcaster and I'm lazy. And I know that I'm not correlating the two. I'm just saying I am lazy and a hobby podcaster. So the two things together just make me go, it's not worth my time to, to multi-cam edit. Maybe it will eventually, once all of these, these auto edit plugins come in, it might be at that point. At this point, it's not worth it to me. For our, um, sorry, in our chat, again, there's the hour. Scatmaker says, for VOD, production resolve has some multicam features that I haven't played with yet. Yeah, I'd like to look into that. I remember actually when the multicam features were added to Vegas. That was a big thing. And and I probably even said on Better Podcasting, I'm going to give those a go. I'm going to try those out. But I didn't. (laughs) I never did. So, well, I, okay, I lie. I, I tried them out to the sense of, I went, let's see how this works. Oh, this is how it works. That was it. I, I never did any meaningful effort with it. So maybe one day I'll give it a bit of a go. I'll see. Also in our Discord, I'd love to share this right now, but I don't have the easy, uh, an easy ability to do it. In our Discord, SP has posted that he has his iPad going, showing me. And I am in front of his working out apparatus. I'm trying to figure out what it is. It, it, I see distance. It's, it's got a brand name at the top. It's a display. He's on level 12. It's been two minutes and 11 seconds of time elapsed. I'm not sure. He's either running, walking, or maybe he's rowing. Even though I can see a little track image in it. So I assume that, yes, he is rowing. So I am in being streamed right now in some form of fitness. And there's another picture of him that I can see in our Discord of him holding the tablet in front of said device. So if you'd like to see a hot, sweaty SP, come on over to our Discord at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. Go to the live chat for today, the 18th of October, and you will see those photos. Sorry, video viewers. I'm, I'm tied here. I'm, I, I just don't have the ability to do what I usually do, which is switch over to SP and post it into the show. It's not going to happen. Uh, also, last thing that I think I'm going to throw out here right now is all about. What am I going to pick? Oh, I know what I'll pick. I'll pick SD cards because SD cards is, is a fun topic. And I thought of this just before the show here. Uh, if you use a hardware recorder, you probably use some form of SD card to record. That's just the way most of these hardware recorders work. Could be a micro SD, could be a full SD card. Yeah, I'm not sure. And maybe occasionally you have SP sign your SD card, then you have the SP SD card. But I wanted to ask, how often do you replace your SD cards? And I bring this up because in the past, I, I give credit where credit is due. SP is, is very, very structured with his SD card function. He goes, he fills it up, he gets a new one, and that's just to stop from running into issues or mitigate the risk of running into issues of losing data while you are recording. But a lot of people don't do that. And, and again, credit where credit's due. I think that that's admirable that he's able to do that. That's probably going to that's probably saved him many a podcast that he doesn't know he would have lost elsewise. But I don't do that. And I assume as a listener, you might not do that either. And so I'd like to know how often do you actually change that SD card? Do you have a process or do you just wait until it dies and then you decide to? Or is is there some form of set timeline that you change that on? What is your process? Let me know. How do you do that? And when you do replace it, if it's still working, what do you do with the old one? Do you just get rid of it? Do you hold on to it? Do you keep it as a backup? What, what's your process? Let me know. Email podcast at betterpodcasting.com or come to our Discord at betterpodcasting.com slash Discord or mail me an SD card, which I'm not giving you my address. So you can't do that, but maybe in your head. Anyways, that made no sense. So let's going to go ahead and wrap it up for another episode of Better Podcasting. In theory, SP will save you next week. Don't worry. He's supposed to be back. I will probably talk less just to make things up, because we know you as the listener much prefer hearing SP. It's the it's fact that I'm, I'm comfortable with that fact. So I will dial down the SJ, dial up the SP, in theory, assuming that, you know, he doesn't just leave me out to hang me out to dry next week, because he's like, it would be funny to watch Steven sweat for, through another episode next week. You never know with SP. He is sneaky that way. So come to our Discord, betterpodcasting.com slash Discord. And for episode number 67 of Better Podcasting Live Chat, I'm Steven saying I need to talk slower right now because usually this is where I would pass it over to SP, but he's not here. So I have more time to fill. And by the way, recommend me an Android podcatcher. Do it. Tell me, what do you use? What should I use? Betterpodcasting.com discord. Thanks for checking out another episode of Better Podcasting. You can find the full back catalog of Better Podcasting at betterpodcasting.com. If you're into geeky podcasts, please check out the other podcasts on the Gunna Geek Network at gunnageeknetwork.com. This show was produced and edited by Stephen John Drew. Voice work was done by L.W. Salinas. Thanks again for listening or watching, and we hope to see you again next week.